Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Energy Captains podcast. Whitney Holtzman, I, I missed you. How are you doing? I know. I can't believe we are at the end of 2020. Um, someone said to me, oh, I can't believe it's December. And I'm like, uh, it's really like the 10th month of March. It's just the the year that you never know what day, time or month it is. So I, I can't believe we're at the end of it. And I'm glad we got, you know, we're getting some more Energy Captains podcast in. But what a year it's been. And it, somehow it went by quickly. It's went by quickly. And I, I want to introduce the man, uh, Daryl Campbell himself, uh, you know, NFL films, NFL legend himself. Uh, Daryl, how you doing today, brother? Hey, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. Um, a couple things right now that, uh, you know, I guess that are kind of weighing on my heart. Uh, just signed, well, not just signed, but just uh, closed on our, on, our, on our first home out here in New Jersey last week. Uh, big crib. Uh, I'm, I'm super thankful, super blessed. God is good. Um, we, we've been kind of my whole journey from NFL, from team to team, uh, mainly a practice squad guy, you know, did have some bouts where I'm on and off uh, the active roster there. But for the most part, um, you know, big, big, big ups to, to God this this past week, closing on the home. It's three levels, three levels, 5,000 square feet. Basement is 1,200, a little over 1,200 square feet. Um, sitting on a little over half an acre. My son was running around the other day in the snow being a lunatic, but I was loving it because I was just thinking like, hey, I, I wanted this to happen for him a lot, lot a, a long time ago. But, you know, hey, it all happens in God's time. So I'm, I'm really, um, really blessed. But um, yep, Daryl Campbell, associate producer of NFL Films, been here for a while. Go, this will be 11 years. Jesus, man, 11 years, right? Uh, that's crazy. Um, but you know, uh, how do, how did I get here? Let's, let's talk about that. So, and, and Daryl, before you dive in, I, I had a couple questions about the house. First sure. of all, I assume when the pandemic's over that Cam and I are invited to the housewarming. It seems like you have of, enough of, levels. Of, of course. My wife, okay. Candace is, uh, we have ample space. It, there's five bedrooms on the second floor. There's, well, uh, there was two, there's the master and there was another one, but my wife wants that to be her closet. So, Hey, I'm going to have to fill, you know, squeeze in there somewhere. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and then it we sounds like yeah. it sounds like the the energy captains have there's enough room we could have our own wing. Ton, yeah, tons of tons of room for all the energy that we so we won't you know spontaneously combust with with all of that you know in there in the same space. So without question, you guys are there. Okay, good. Just wanted to confirm that. And then secondarily, as you were talking about having a home, finally, it kind of struck me. You know, the sports world is is a little bit like a military lifestyle. At times, you can get cut, you get signed by new teams, mm -hmm. you have to move, you're hopping around all the time because yeah. that's a big part of a pro athlete's journey. Is it more meaningful now to have one place where you can put your roots down and call home? Yeah, I, I think it's it's more meaningful in in a, in a number of different ways. Honestly, it's it's, it's more meaningful because. You know, if, if, if I'm honest, I, I would have loved to be, you know, a pro ball player. I would have loved to have a storied career that lasted for double digit seasons, you know, in the NFL. But, you know, I was a journeyman and it's, you know, started in started in Chicago in 04, um, stayed there for two years, uh, was traded to Cleveland, you know, had a sip of coffee there, went to Tampa Bay for two seasons. I was out of the league uh, for maybe six, seven months, and then I bounced to Baltimore. I was there for like another another sip of coffee. Um, they let me go like week one or week two, um, and then from there it was kind of like, hey, what do you do now, right? You know, it's, I've been playing football since I was a, a little tyke, and then now it's like uh, it seems like you know, it was the thing that, that that killed me is I remember one of the um, uh, uh, the the 
the, the, the scouting guys from Baltimore were like, hey, you know what? Uh, you, you're getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, maybe maybe it's time to – and I'm like 27, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, what does that even mean? Like, I was know, asking that, what does that mean? <laughs> like, well, how, does, how am I long in the tooth and I'm like 27? So – you know, I'm on this. I'm on the show for six, seven months. I get a call to Montreal. I, I go I go north of the border for you know a couple of seasons, win some great cups. I come back uh, after that. And, you know, I think Baltimore was was the first time, honestly, in, in, in Montreal where I was able to bring my whole self uh, to the game. And it was it was received and and received not only by the team, but by the fans. Um, you, if you Google any pictures of me, like when I was in Canada, I have this huge, like I, I used to call it a face fro because it, it would like go around my whole head and just connect with my beard. And, and, and the funny thing is, is in, in Montreal, all of the fans and even some of the other uh, staff we had um, with, 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 um, with the Alouettes would call me Kimbo. That was my nickname, Kimbo Slice. I don't know if that's the the affectionate name that you want, but at the same time, it was it was still kind of cool. You know, it's it's accurate. It's an accurate, accurate look. Yeah, you know, yeah, back it's an then. Look. So, um, but you know, I was I was playing, and at the same time, I kind of got introduced to you know uh, grinding a little bit because you know a few thousand Canadian a week and on any given day that that U.S. to Canadian ratio could be positive in your favor <laughs> or negative in your favor. So um, outside of that, I would I would be you know kind of downtown Montreal or in Montreal, fixing people, fixing people's computers, uh, doing software development. Um, you know, we had uh, a couple of the uh, uh, staff members that were handling all of our, you know, play, you know, plays and cutups like you'd every team in the NFL has their own uh, videography staff. Like they just have a, a staff that handles all of the, all of our cutups, all of your XOs, we had like two French Canadians that didn't speak English and it was hard to get media from them. And when they, when they became disgruntled, you know, they just kind of left like mid season. It was like for us to fend and figure out how we, how we're going to watch tape. And I was like, Hey, you know what? Hey, Jim pop, if you slap me a few extra Canadian, I can be able to, to handle this for you, you know? And then he was like, I don't know. You just, you just worry about playing. I'm telling you, I can do this. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it ended up working out. I ended up handling up, handling the cutups and, uh, um, um, our team highlights, um, and you know that while you're playing, while I was playing, making a little extra money under the table, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you're gonna watch the tape anyway, so why not just you know handle it for the team? So, um, when what I do left you think, there, what do you think motivated you to have a side hustle while you were playing? I, I just, I just, I think the, the biggest motivation was one family, uh, um, you know, two because bills don't stop no matter where you go, um, and, and I think two was just, um, you know, I was a computer science major, uh, double major computer science, English at Notre Dame, went to grad school for operating systems. And it was like the first time I really had a, you know, a real world applicable chance to utilize the knowledge. Right. You know, so um, I did. And then it was like, OK, I could I could I can do a Windows XP refresh in Canada for like 600, 800 Canadian where it like. You what know, does that mean? What is well, DC? Well, what does that mean? Well, so so here's the thing. So like, I will put it to you like this: if you went to if you went to Best Buy, right, and you you hit up Geek Squad, right, you'd go in there and then you, oh my computer is so slow. This laptop is just I don't know what's going on with this integrated graphics card. You're like, oh well, you know, you give it to us. We'll we'll tell you what it what's what's going on. What did they'll take it? They'll charge you like I don't know something like eighty bucks or hundred dollars, right? And there's a guy that gets paid I don't know how many bucks per hour to do this. Probably not very much, right? Now let's let's go north of the border, right? 
you you have all of those units, all of those machines, and there are very few people know what they're doing. And there are just tons of shops that charge an exorbitant amount to do something as simple as that. Um, and, and But it would be probably four or $500 more than what it would be below the border. So I'm, I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, that shop does it, this shop does it, they're doing it over there. If I just, if I'm in the middle, I could crush this thing, you know what I mean? So that's kind of like how, that, that would be the equivalent of, of what it is that I was doing. So that, that would be, that was my side hustle as well as playing, you know? Very entrepreneurial. I mean, usually when something technology wise breaks, you know, I go through the process of first, just crying about it. Second, hit hitting every button, the power yep. button and third, unplugging it, replugging mm-hmm. it in. And to me, if that doesn't fix it, like you're just going to have to throw the whole thing out and start over. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally understand. Um, and, and then, you know, I had a quick question when you were talking about your journey. Um, do you, from your own experience, recommend after, you know, having so many stops in the NFL, then going to the CFL? Because I, I bet a, a lot of people probably uh, grapple with the decision of, OK, I've, I've had a really storied NFL career. I've gotten to play for a lot of teams. Do I want to call it quits now or is it worth the experience to go play in Canada? Um, I think, uh, you know, for me, I didn't want the, the, the playing career to be over. And, you know, what you, what you, what you, 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 you kind of come to a crossroads because it'll be okay, cool. On one hand. All right. Well, there's, there's uh, the brand of the NFL and what that means as a young player to one, all other, all of the 32 teams, but then there's, okay. The um, since I was a kid playing this game, putting my hand in the dirt and rushing a passer and just that love, right? Not, I don't want that to end. And what you, what, what inevitably happens is you say, you know what? I choose the love over the money. I choose the love over the brand. I choose the love just so I can keep doing what I feel like God is still having, God still has in my heart to do. Um, and then at that point, um, it, it's, it, that, I think that's when kind of the, uh, the wheels start turning and you, 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 you start looking outward and saying, you know what, I feel like there's a shelf life here. I might be getting close to it. So let me start getting into like, you know, the side hustle thing or what's next. You start really thinking about that around that time. And uh, Canada was, was that for me. That's when it was like, you know what, it, it really is about the love of the game. The money is going to come, but you know, God has given me an opportunity to keep, you know, putting my hand in the dirt and work. So in DC, what are those things behind you? You have a lot of tro or pants behind you, shirts. What, oh, what well, my my office. Anybody here in NFL films, they know. Like, and the kids love coming to my office. By the way, uh, well, I got I got everything, and I got I got Incredible Hulk, Marvel stuff on the wall. Uh, my son loves to draw anime. He drew Goku when um, I wish I could. I don't want to. Dragon Ball Z. I'm right there with you. I'm right yeah, there with he, you. He's got a Goku drawn. I'll send it to you guys. It's pretty cool. Um, he drew that when he was five. It's epic. Um, and then I got, you know, when I was, so after, after Canada, I came below, back below the border. I was still on the, the shelf for a little bit and I got introduced to NFL films. How that happened, and then we're going to segue to this wall in a second. How that happened is uh, Mark Trustman was, was, was the head coach. He had a friend in Greg Cosell, who's the executive, who is the executive producer for NFL Matchup, ESPN NFL Matchup, longest running XL TV show in history. Some going on like 40 some years now. Um, uh, they needed a guy to come in and be a seasonal worker. Um, uh, it didn't end up happening for me to be a seasonal worker, but I ended up being an intern. Came here, interviewed. They loved me. Um, and for my first year here, I just learned, made no money <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then. How old the- were you at that point? 
Jesus, that was 29? Because I think a lot of people uh, associate the term intern with with being in college. And I think you make a really good point that if you're transitioning from one career to the next and you need to get experience, an internship is always an available opportunity to pitch for yourself or look around for. You shouldn't restrict yourself just because you're not college age anymore. Well, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Whitney. And and I think the biggest thing that us and Cam, you'll agree to this, too. We always say when we're playing football, what the more you can do, right? It's the same thing, you know. Be a Swiss Army knife. Oh, you have to be. It's the same thing in a business world. It's the same same thing in production. It's the same thing, you know, when you uh, hang up the cleats and you start getting into the workplace to doing nine to five. You want to get your foot in the door. You want to show and prove, and then show that you can acclimate within the company and then be a value, right? That's it's the same thing, you know, in the football team. So, you know, um, before I get down a rabbit hole here, yeah. So came here, in, intern, made no money the first year. Second year, we had a guy by the name of Nick Kehoe, who was the graphics producer for NFL Matchup. He left, went to the network, and they were like, hey, we need somebody to, you know, be our graphics guy, you know, our optic guy, cut our tape, cut our film for our shows. And they gave me, they gave me an opportunity to do that seasonally. I did that for two or three years. Um, they gave me, uh, you know, an opportunity to do some rough edits for Inside the NFL. And then, hey, you know, this guy can write. He can cut film. He knows football. Let's onboard him. And then full-time job, uh, uh, full-time PA, then uh, full-time producer. Then um, now I'm a full-time associate producer. And three Emmys later, here we are. Um, hey, mic drop. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mic so, drop. <laughs> but, but the cool thing is um, those first few years doing the seasonal work, you know, working. So I was still playing ball. So, Chicago Rush, uh, so, you know, six months on, six months off, and I come back and, you know, fall into that rotation with the league. I was still playing ball. Like, I was I, – I, I played with the Philadelphia Soul for the first two years, and I went to the Chicago Rush for that, that third year. And then the, after, the year after that is when they onboarded me full-time, and then football was over and full-time producer type stuff. Actually, know? that kind of brings up a good question for people who don't understand the conglomerate because when you're fans sitting at home, you turn on your TV and the NFL, you see the games, and then you see the right. show. Can you talk about all of the entities involved and then specifically what you do at films versus network versus commissioner's office? Right. So, so if you, if you think about the NFL network is our platform, right. And that's where all of our programming, most of all of our programming goes that has to do with sports and the on-field games, uh, the VODs, all of that and what have you. Owned and operated. Um, yeah. All of our media goes on there. What we do here at NFL Films, we're the storytellers. Been doing it ever since 1962. So, Ed, Ed, Ed Sable, Steve Sable, started this place. Uh, they they basically built it, cultivated it. We're the keepers, holders of the flame, to make sure that those stories are echoed, you know, for generations to come. So, um, what 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 I do behind the scenes, I'm the guy behind the the camera. I'm not the guy in front of the camera. Don't ever want to be there. I, I, I had a hand at broadcast boot camp, and I was sitting next to a James Brown and I was sitting up there and I was super giddy and smiling. And I'm like, man, I'm sitting next to James Brown. This is crazy. And they're like, Hey, listen, you gotta, gotta, gotta contain yourself, man. Like for the camera. I'm like, <laughs> he's a basketball you. background too. He oh, played man. basketball in college. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you, you know me, Cam, I'm, I'm, I'm just a gigantic gregarious individual. So uh, for the most part, I just kind of get, I'm you, you guys are the energy captains. I'm like the energy captain, you know, on the bench here at NFL films for you guys. Cause that's just kind of how I live my life. You know, so I mean? hard so, knocks though, right. You produce a oh, lot yeah. of those clips. That's where you got your Emmys from. I was on hard knocks mm-hmm. twice. 
So it's mm-hmm. like, can we you know, give us some background you're, you're on that? <laughs> you're a character. Um, yeah. So as you know, every every season we pick a team to basically do a reality reality kind of uh, show on the making a team roster, making a 53 man roster every year. So, uh, you know, this past, this past season, uh, we did two teams, uh, the Los Angeles, uh, Char- Los Angeles uh, Rams and the Los Angeles, Char- or Los Angeles Chargers. So uh, we did those two teams. Um, we had, to, we've done Tampa, we've done uh, the Oakland Raiders, um, you know, just going back for like, I think we've been, it might be over 20 years now we've been doing hard knocks. I, I don't know the, the actual, uh, numbers, but um, that's pretty much what what Hard Knocks is. That's where I got my three Emmys, uh, and well, actually, my third Emmy was from the NFL 100 uh, event um, uh, for for that content. Nice. Last well, year. Hard Hard Knocks is everyone's favorite show, um, so mm-hmm. you obviously do a phenomenal job. Except I will say, you know, just disappointed that you allowed Cam to get cut on the show. I mean, couldn't you have, you know? cut that you, part you, or you know redone it i i don't think that's it's just well, you, you, well. The, the, cra- the crazy thing is is is, is, is i always say this it's an old school adage all the old folks used to say you know hey god makes no mistakes because if that didn't happen we wouldn't be here and, and cam wouldn't be in the league office being awesome as he is now so that's a great segue because like can you tell the world the people listen to energy captains podcast how we work together and what we've done these past few weeks kind of in the same place as we've been so from from uh, on the field to off the field, you know, obviously you guys are hugely successful with the Energy Captains podcast. And then now my main man, Cam, is uh, at the league office working with the field operations group, doing some big things for Tracy Perlman, uh, Troy, Vin- Troy Vincent and the player engagement uh, uh, portion of, of our business. And, you know, right now we 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 just got off of a podcast a couple of days back with Langston Moore. Uh, for the NFL legends community. So Cam has his hands in just about everything that we're doing. And I'm super excited to work next to him. Uh, not next, next to, because of COVID uh, uncertain times, but uh, you know, cross platform through zoom and uh, be engaged in our business. So it's great. Just out of curiosity, do you have a favorite season of hard knocks that sticks out? And then how did you guys do this year's with COVID? Um, let's see. I think and I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the producers in-house would agree that whew, Hard Knocks Houston Texans might have been probably one of the best Hard Knocks that uh, we had. I mean, it might have been a four or five years ago, but there was what just was a favorite memory. Oh, I think J.J. Watt coming over the bridge, like Ivan Drago, it was ridiculous. I think that that sticks out to me more than anything else. And then he just came and laid waste to everybody that got in his way all throughout camp, honestly. And then also there was that we had, we had a um, kind of um, an, an, an isolated moment where, and I thought this was really cool. And it just speaks to the character that he is and the heart that he has and the passion he has, not just for the game, but for fans is there. We had an episode where, and we closed it maybe like the last 15 minutes where uh, you just, they, we just, kind of showcased him working by himself. It was the, you know, it was later on in the night after practice, he's hitting the sled, he's going through the bags. He's already been practicing for three straight hours, still drenching with sweat. And you know, you still have those fan faithful that are, you know, aligning the fence and, you know, he finishes, you know, getting that extra work in. And then, you know, he, he stays an extra half an hour, 40 minutes to just sign autographs for kids until he, you know, goes off field. And I thought that was just epic to me, honestly, you know, 
I really did. And, and, and I think that's, those are the moments, um, you know, that uh, need to be played up more, especially during times like now. And you see people like JJ Watt, who's probably a walking hall of famer. And then you see guys like Aaron Donald, when you see them at their closest at a more intimate level, because that camera, I've done it for two years, the Rams and Buccaneers, that camera is everywhere. It's in your mm-hmm. house. So how would you, when you see J.J. Watt play, you see Aaron Donald play at a more intimate level because that camera's there, what, 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 do, you, what do you bring from it? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, every, every camera, every angle tells a different story. And I think the reason why we're probably one of the best, if not the best in the world, to, to capture um, on, on the field footage and tell those stories is because, you know, we, I like to say that NFL films is a beehive. If you go to Hollywood, a lot of the things that you do are outsourced in LA. You know what I mean? You don't have everything under one roof. You know, we have footage acquisition, we have field operations, we have uh, uh, audio, we have um, uh, the tech side of the building, we have a graphics department, we have offline and online producers and edit suites, you know what I mean? And all of that combined, that's, that's a Hollywood formula sitting right out here in, in, in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. So um, we're able to, to put together uh, a string of moments based upon each of those camera angles to pull out that, you know, those, um, those, those gems that make people at home say, man, how did they do that? How did they really get in there? I, they're showing the drop of sweat drip off his chin and just collide off of a blade of grass. Like, how are they doing this? But that's that. Don't that's sweat. The, oh, <laughs> that too. But, it, but it's, it's a testament to one. I like to say um, if you were playing Madden, uh, you know what it would be like to have an all Madden squad versus a regular squad. I'm on the all Madden team every day. I go into the office. So, yeah. Shout out to the team. Shout out squad. And just out of curiosity, by the time that you retired from playing football, did you feel like you had developed a second identity off the field and didn't just define yourself by being an athlete anymore? And then for players, you know, coming up through their various leagues now, when is the right time for them to develop their, their second identity? I think, I think you have to have that kind of, uh, you have to have that moment that, that makes you come to terms with um, accepting that, you know, the end might be near. Uh, as I said, for me, I was like, you know, going to Montreal and then having to have that side hustle. And then once I came back from north of the border, being on the, you know, the, the, the shelf for another six, seven months, you know, I, I took all that in and I said, you know what, this might be it. What's the next thing. Right. And, you know, once you, once your mind trips into that space of what's the next thing, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to say the passion is gone because I think the passion is going to always be there. Hell, you know, I'm 39 years old and, you know, their kids and, and, you know, they're coming to LA fitness back when things were normal. And it, you know, you could see them going through doing football drills and you know, they just think they know, and you drop some knowledge on them. Like, Oh, big dog, you can still play, man. You're kind of strong. You know, I'm still benching over 450 on a good day, you know? So, hey, um, it, but, but it's, <laughs> you know, lightweight, but um, it's just one of those things. Like when you have that moment where, where kind of like where, where either the game will bring it to you, or, you know, it'll just kind of be, um, you'll just kind of feel it within yourself and you know, this, this might be it. And I know when I was in, in Montreal and, and again, when I was with the Philadelphia soul, I remember a game and I'm playing on a field that's 50 yards long and there's walls. And I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about how the dynamic from the NFL game to Montreal playing on the soccer field. And then now I'm basically playing 
and like, I don't know, a little bit something longer and wider than an alleyway and there's walls. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know what? Might be time to wrap it up. And then also, too, you look to the left and to the right. You got kids that are 18, 19, 20. And, you know, here I am. I'm, you know, double digits older than them. And I'm just like, it might be time. And then, you know, um, you just you start to make those you start to make those next steps. Uh, you start to connect the dots and and uh, align it to where your strengths are. And um, yeah. Were there any people that helped you helped you get to that point? Like Whitney's been tremendous in my transition, right? Just starting a business, right? Podcasting, doing different things, keeping active. I live 10 minutes down the street from her in Tampa, right? So who was there someone in your life that helped you through that transition and helped you like, hey, this is where you belong. Keep going in this this, this direction. Uh, I, I'd say the the hugest, the number one influence in my life, even, even in being able to get here, um, has been my wife. Honestly, um, when we were, we've been together for 15, 16 years now, married for 10, going to be 11 on the 22nd. Thank God. Love her to death. Um, but if it wasn't for her, I probably would have quit playing a long time ago because, you know, you, I mean, not having the career that you want, you know, uh, constantly in a different helmet, you know, going from one team to the next, uh, it, it does, it has an emotional toll. Right. And my wife was the one. When, you know, I, I, I remember I went through like 16 workouts in a, in a year and it was just like, good God, how many times I'm going to run a 40? I'm going to do a three cone, going to, you know, you know, uh, do a vert, vertical jump. And, you know, I'm getting in, in one plane, I'm getting out of one plane and into another. You know what I'm saying? Living out of a bag. I had one, one bag for like a month and a half. And it's just like, Jesus, you know what I mean? Um, but my wife was the one that was, you know, always open arms, you know, hugging the tears away, telling me I could do it, you know, you know, telling me that, you know, God still has something for you, you know, saying that uh, it's not over for you, you yet, the, your, your best days are in front of you. Um, Cause it was hard. It really was hard. And then, you know, your family takes a toll too, because when you're not playing, you know, this camp, you're not making no money. And if you're not making any money, I mean, I remember there was a time I was hell, I was in my mom's basement for, you know, a good three or four weeks. And I'm just trying to figure things out. And that's just not the place you want to be. Um, and it has it has nothing to do with, you know, oh, man, you didn't save your money or do anything like that. When you have family, your family says, hey, listen, we don't want you to spend your money. Hey, stay here. Save your money. You know, do do the right things you, where you always can come home. That type of deal. But as a man and if you have, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, a significant other and then that becomes a wife like my my, my wife, Candace, did. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for her, I would I would have I would have tapped out a long time ago. And, now, and even y'all got a home now. And y'all and got now, a home now, now. And now we got a home. And and then also hey. too, you know, being able to have someone that gives you that guidance to the right people. My my, my wife graduated from Penn State. Uh, she's an English major, business major. Uh, she she did events. She did plays. She wrote. She she had that production mind. I didn't have that mind. My background was tech. So you know, coming into NFL films, one you have that internship. You're learning, but at the same time, I'm like, did I use it? NLEs, what the hell are these? And they're using that and they're doing this and, you know, they're editing and you, you, the, the, Nick Kehoe, who was doing the stuff for, doing the graphics for uh, NFL match. I'm like, how in the hell is he doing that? I'm, and then the very next year I have to be that guy. And my, my wife was like, listen, here's what you're going to do. You're going to apply yourself just like you did when you played ball. You had to go get reps, right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to buy an avid media composer. You're going to learn it. We're going to pick up the program so you, you can come hit the ground running when you start your first day. 
And she was the one to send by me. Nope, you got to stay up. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then I learned. And then once I learned and I applied it in this environment, I'm surrounded by the best in the business who don't do, want to do anything else but help you get better. And so once they did that, you know, again, this it's it's the, the rest is history, you know, as it were. So it sounds like of all the teams that you've played on, your wife has been the best teammate of them all. Oh, without question. I, I, I would be and I would be less than nothing if it if it wasn't for my wife, man. I'm what an angel. Me. And you've obviously been very humble telling us like you're behind the camera, but we know the truth, which is actually you, you are a superstar and a wonderful person, but you have your own podcast. So clearly oh. at times <laughs> much more in front of the mic than you're letting on. So, so tell us about that and how you decided to start it. And, you know, for people out there, is it, is it really scary and overwhelming to try and start a podcast after you've been an athlete? Well, I, I, I'd say this again, just just as my, my wife is my number one, you know, my, my rib, my, my number one fan has been there, you know, from when I was getting it out of the mud to now. Um, Justin Vigil, who's, you know, my co-host of the podcast, we were sitting in his home and just talking about the news and the things that are going on in the world. And it, were, it just seemed like from one negative, you know, uh, deal to the next, there was just not enough positivity that was being broadcast. And you know, we both took it upon ourselves to say, you know, why don't we just start our own podcast and just start shedding light on people and start talking about, you know, individuals that that were are in business and are intentional. And we just need to do that together. All right, cool, bro. Let's do it. We started with an iPhone. It was audio. And now we have our own podcast. It's video. And now we we, we talk to musicians. We talk to, uh, uh, you know, corporate professionals. We talk to former football players. Cam. My man Cam was on our podcast, you know, that's in the archives. Go check it out. Every man podcast. It's on YouTube and everywhere, you know, po- podcasts are. So um, Cosmic Canoe. I'm Cosmic in the Cosmic Canoe. canoe. In the Cosmic Canoe. So, yeah. is it? Is What's the Cosmic Canoe? The Cosmic Canoe is where everyone who is intentional, everyone who does have an inner light that they want to shed on everyone else to, to the world, I should say, uh, comes to uh, start paddling downstream with us you know what i mean if, if you're on if you're on the sideline you want to be a part of it, whitney i mean you're going to be in in that cosmic canoe with us here in a second um, my life cam is already in there cam, cam is already in it with us so you know um you know the the, the everman podcast you know again like i said if it if it wasn't for my wife with football if it wasn't for my brother and, and my partner in crime uh justin vigil it, it would would not be so and what's the, what's humble. the name of the podcast and how can people listen uh, the, it's, it's called the Everman podcast. Uh, you can, you can, if you just, if you just search it on YouTube, uh, search it as Google, we'll, we'll probably be at the top of that, that query. And uh, you'll see me, brother Jay and whoever, whoever we have a guest on at the moment. So. Yeah. Wow. The Everyman podcast, mm-hmm. DC. Much love, man. I mean, I feel like we went through a lot of stuff today. I, I appreciate our conversation. Oh, yeah. It was nice appreciate to finally you get you on here. Let me ask you guys a question. Definitely. So what are you guys doing now? How are you guys living? How are you guys feeling? How's the world been blessing you? Hit, t- hit me with something. Winnie, I'll let the ladies go first. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think I, I always try and be open and honest and tra- transparent. And I don't think I would be doing justice to what people have been going through and, and the challenges people have been facing to say, oh, this year has been great. And there's so much whatever. I think that what I focused that this year has been so challenging. There's been so many disappointments and heartbreaks and sadness all around. And I'm completely I see my parents regularly in Tampa. Um, so I'm completely social distancing where a lot of the world is not. So, you know, it's just 
been a lot of hanging at home. And I think for me, the big takeaway from this this year, I just keep talking about the silver linings. For me, mm-hmm. that's been the key. What has what are the nice parts that have been able to happen that wouldn't have happened if we weren't in this situation? And I think you have to focus on that because for pretty no one is immune. It's been a challenging oh, year no. for everyone. So Whitney, that all all being said, best part of 2020. I know there has to be a gym in there for you. What's what's the best part? Honestly, for me, it was sports coming back. I didn't realize like you, you come up with a, you realize what an appreciation you have for the sports world. I mean, for me, you know, it was just, there was so much sadness going on. And when sports came back, there was like a fire that relit inside of me and and a joy that came back. What about for you? Oh, for me, the best, like, again, I, I think we kind of, I hit a crescendo here and, you know, you know, closing on my home. That's with, with, with my wife and my son. Like I said, I think that is, has been, the best portion thinking about it, just a close on a home uh, in the middle of a pandemic and seven, eight months ago, I was furloughed and I didn't really have a job. So it's can't, can't yeah. end any better than this. Well, yeah. well, well, we're glad that, you know, in just a short amount of time that all those things that you were hoping for and more came, came back for you. Cause you absolutely. absolutely deserve that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And, and like Daryl said, anyone can listen to his podcast, the every man podcast. So make sure um, that you jump on and um, you know, you listen to his episodes. He is so wise himself and you know, there's a lot of really cool people that he's been able to have on his guests. And obviously there's, you know, the episode with Cam. So I'm sure that's the top oh. one that people should go oh, listen yeah. to first. And, you know, we, we, hope that we get to see you down here in Tampa at the Super Bowl. Cam and I are, are waiting here with open arms. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there, hopefully. hopefully. Awesome. All right, thanks. Much love, DC.